0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Let's Talk with Brandon Terrell, and on this episode I am joined by Nick Curran, who is the Director of Broadcasting and the play-by-play announcer for the Louisville Bats. He also covers Louisville women's basketball games on the radio and has done a ton of cool things in sports and in journalism, so sit back and enjoy the conversation I had with Nick Curran. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Alright, so uh, go ahead and explain what you do first.
1: Uh, I am the director of broadcasting, so the play by play announcer for the Louisville Bats. Also, do the, um, the UofL women's basketball games on the radio and uh, do uh, book all the travel and, uh, and some equipment stuff with the Bats as well. So, what kind of education did you get? Um, I actually was a broadcasting major. I went to Western Kentucky University. Uh, graduated in December of 09. They have a really good broadcast mm-hmm. journalism program, so I, I uh, majored in that in, in the news track, which was good for learning how to, uh, you know, put together stories and, and uh, kind of present them and got the opportunity to do a little bit of radio play-by-play and then a lot of Shooting and editing video and and anchoring stuff uh, with uh, with our our student newscast the sports there and then my junior year um, Typically there were three newscasts a week, but they only had enough interest to do two So there was a lot of people interested in sports. So they gave us a uh, a half-hour sports show every week, which we got to do a lot of stuff on that was really cool and um, It's still going today we started it my junior year. There were there were four of us that were kind of the four that that really took up the mantle to 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 put it together in in a lot of ways. And it was a really neat experience, really cool to do that. And uh, so yeah, I majored in broadcasting, minored in in marketing, and and uh, yeah, it was it was good, great great school. So doing the sports shows really helped you out to
0: figure out what you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of knew that I wanted to do play-by-play play since I was probably like eight or nine years old so I uh, had an idea of what I wanted to do um, being there sort of opened my eyes to some other aspects of it like um, the the shooting video and and doing the sports casts. I kind of liked the the whole process of having to to shoot edit and then present all your own stuff which is not really the way it is necessarily and and the rest of of kind of the news world um sometimes there's there's other people that help out but it was kind of cool to be the one to do it all and to kind of see it all all the way through so I enjoyed that um but but then uh, the play-by-play opportunity luckily came my way as I was finishing up school and and that's that's what we were able to get into
0: Yeah. So when you said you, uh, you kind of knew what you wanted to do. I was gonna ask you what, uh, like when you were in high school, what your dream job was. Is that, is this kind of what your dream job was, like broadcasting, play-by-play.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, yeah. I, I kind of grew up um, idolizing Paul Rogers, the voice of the cards. So that's with Cardinals basketball games, either um, having to work a job and not being able to watch them, or or uh, going. and from games with my parents or or just listening for whatever I that's that's so that's I think that's where I really started to want to do this was from listening to him so that's always kind of been what's what's been ingrained in me so if you had to say right now
0: if you could go back and talk to your 18 year old self to give yourself advice what do you think would be
1: the one thing you would tell yourself um I, I think I would say just stay the course. There's not a lot I would change. I, I think um, I'm pretty happy with, with a lot of the stuff I did kind of rolling through college. The, the one thing, um, th- that might be it. Just, just be patient and kind of stay the course because things don't happen all at once. And I also think um, that this would have been really difficult to convince my 18-year-old self of, but I think that maybe not either exploring not majoring in broadcasting in school or, or maybe a double major with, like, history or political science. I'm kind of interested in those sorts of things, too. Um, may have been a good thing. Um, you know, there, there were ways to get involved with, with the broadcasting stuff without necessarily having to be a major. In it, or, or probably maybe would want to be a major to get all the best opportunities but also find a way to major in something else just to have – um something to fall back on i don't know if it's necessarily that but just to to be able to kind of dabble in some other stuff that that's interesting so that's the only thing but but uh, other than that it's worked out pretty well stay patient yeah did you have
0: like a uh, mentor like through college or through high school maybe
1: i've had several um so when i was I guess between my sophomore and junior years of college I got an internship the first of two that I did while I was in school and um, I interned at at WLKY it's the the CBS affiliate tv station here in Louisville and uh, got to intern with with Fred Calgill there obviously he's he's a legend has been around a while and and he was great to me Um, and Keith Farmer was there as well and was great to me and and Tom Kozaroski, their, their sports photographer at the time, was awesome. And that's where I learned a lot about shooting video and kind of his passion for it was something that I thought was really cool. Um, so Fred was kind of an early mentor and, and just learning how organized he is. It's pretty amazing. I, I don't know that I've met anyone that is as organized as he is with everything. Um, but, but through that, I, w- I was looking to do another internship my next year between my junior and senior year and um so through Fred he has a good relationship with Kent Taylor who is the sports director at at Wave TV here in town the NBC affiliate and um, so I got to intern with Kent and Kendrick Haskins who was who was awesome and and uh, Bob Dominey was there and and Mike Hardin. those guys um were great and got to get even more good experiences and and Kent and Kendrick in particular have uh, taken an interest in, in my career for whatever reason and uh, so that that's awesome um, Kent is really good friends with, with uh, Scott Davenport, the head basketball coach at at Bellarmine, the men's basketball coach and um, they had a great season in the 08-09 season they made a run to the Sweet 16 um, did not have games on the radio at that time and were looking to start a radio broadcast the next year 09-10 they were um, preseason number one by a lot of publications, and, and Kent's relationship with Coach D um, helped me out. He called me. Kent called me one day. I was in class at WKU like October of 2009, I guess, and said, hey, uh, Bellerman's looking to start a radio broadcast. Um, I know that's what you want to do. Would you, they're not paying much, which didn't matter to me. Were, are you... Are you? Would you be interested? I said, absolutely. So he said, hey, send a tape to these couple of people, and then uh, I got a call, and they brought me up for what was I thought an interview. Basically, the folks at Bellerman brought me in and said, hey, you have the job, and so I was like, wow, it was awesome. So I started doing Bellerman games my last semester of college, um, and that was amazing. Was there for seven years, but but I think Kent um, was pretty instrumental in, in me getting that and Fred too and so uh without those guys I, there's no way I would have would have gotten that job and um uh, you know seven great years with Bellarmine was an amazing experience won a national championship in 2011 a couple of other final fours incredible basketball to watch and and uh was cool to, to to travel around and get to do that with such a great group of people and um You know, I think Coach Davenport taught me a lot in a lot of different ways about. um, There, there were a couple of instances where where I didn't have things quite in order because I didn't know what I was doing, and um, you know, kind of learning from him to to always be prepared and test things out, and and uh, that was a great help. And then through Bellerman, the second year I did the games, we were on. Um, a local ESPN affiliate that had just started ESPN 680, an AM radio station here in town. And through doing those games, I met some folks over there and ended up getting some work over there. Um, their main board op left um, going into 2012, so I kind of got that job running six hours of, of audio board a day for, for the two main shows and um, all the guys over there were great. Learned a lot about Sports Talk Radio and how to do it right. Jason Anderson, who's now in Kansas City. Andy Sweeney, who's still there, taught me a lot about what uh, what good sports radio is, I guess. Even though I don't know that I can really do it, they do an excellent job at it. And uh, so learned a lot from them and Bob Valvano as well. And then um, through that... Uh, there was a guy named Nick Evans who was the media relations director here at the bats actually, who was looking, who also had a a website and was looking to start a radio show along with his website based on university of Kentucky and university of Louisville sports. And so he needed somebody to host it with him, and they knew I wanted to get on the air. So they let me, let me start doing that with Nick. And so the Sunday morning hangover was born. We're still rolling along with that on six eighty every Sunday from 10 to noon. And, um, so um, through that, through Nick, I got to know Matt Andrews a little better. We had met once or twice, but he was the voice of the Bats at the, uh, at the time. And um, the Bats had their worst ever season in 2012. He did every inning of every game, and I think it, it wore him down quite a bit. And so um, through of getting to know him through Nick. He, he asked me if I would be interested in maybe coming on as like a number two and working some home games and, and working all the home games in 2013. Um, so I did, left 680, came over to the bats, um, was the media relations assistant. So I helped with game notes and all that stuff, did some sales and was the number two broadcaster. And I think working with Matt um, was amazing. He was an incredible mentor. He showed me everything about the pro baseball world, because again, I had no idea what I was doing, Um, but the way he interacted with people, the way, and still does interact with people, and the way he treats people and just conducted his business in such a professional manner, um, and and just his interactions with other broadcasters, guys in the clubhouse, the players, the staff, getting to see all that was just um, an incredible learning experience looking back on it and the way he prepared for games day in and day out. Um, just amazing. Um, so, was working with him until twenty sixteen, and then he got an opportunity in the middle of the twenty sixteen season to go back to Ohio State, which is his alma mater. So he took the job as the women's basketball, baseball, and football sideline well, the women's basketball and baseball play by play guy, football sideline reporter there, and doing some work with that radio station. So when he left, I moved into you know the lead chair here. Um, and without Matt, that would never have been possible. And, and uh, he put in a good word for me at, at, with the University of Louisville. And then that's how I got the job doing the women's basketball games, because he did those as well. And then kind of full circle, uh, Jim Kelch was um, available and looking to get back into some professional baseball coming into the 2019 season Jim's who uh, mentored Matt when Matt was starting out and of course eight great years as as uh, one of the Reds broadcast team and and uh, I think I'm not alone in thinking he should still be there um, and and uh, he he worked with me last year quite possibly could again this year and just getting to learn from him uh, big leaguer in every sense I mean he he a true pro as well and and a lot of the stuff i learned from matt came from jim and you could see that day in and day out and i learned so much getting to sit next to him um for for the 2019 season so there's there's a lot of people um when it comes to kind of this business i guess that i've learned a lot from i'm sure i'm leaving a lot of people out but but those are some of the main ones in the in the world of broadcasting
0: and to think that you know none of this would have started without that first internship. I mean, it could have, but you know, if he him knowing somebody and him knowing somebody and then it keeps going, keeps going. Um, so I, how? So obviously, you think networking is you know the most important thing, especially in this field. But I mean, in any field. So so when you when you're talking to, let's say, I mean, like a junior in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting yourself out there, you think it would be the main, the main, uh, let's say
1: tip, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's all about you know any opportunity you can have to intern with people that are already doing what you want to do in some way, um, and, and finding people that will take an interest in your career. Um, that's where I was so lucky. I met a lot of people along the way that that really. Um, had an interest in in seeing me succeed and and, um that's i don't know if that's always easy to find so i've been really lucky to have a lot of special people that would that would help me in that way when they didn't have to um but yeah any opportunity that comes along especially if you're young you you take it Mm -hmm. um you're gonna do a lot of working for free early on and and that's what you got to do to get some experience and then as you get more experience and more reps and whatever part of this that you want to do, um, more opportunities will come along to, to get paid. (laughs) And, uh, and so, yeah, just internships. So important people that are connected and can, can kind of help you out and and meeting people and, and, uh, maybe more important than those just working as hard as possible. I, I remember, an email exchange I had with Matt before I started working with him. I had emailed him just asking for advice. Um, and he, Matt Andrews, and he emailed me back and said, you know, the big thing is there's always going to be people that have, you know, a better voice, better pipes, who who uh, maybe sound better, but don't let anybody ever outwork you. And I think that's, that's the big thing. Uh, if you work hard, it's not a guarantee, but... But uh, more likely than not, people will notice that, and, and good things will come if you if you put a lot into it. And yeah. I think that's there's no substitute for for working your butt off, and and just uh, you know, uh, people see it, and and it it, it comes back around eventually. So uh, there's kids out there like me.
0: Obviously, you know, you're watching the Cubs on ESPN, and think you yeah. know what? Well, I think I could do that. So uh, kind of explain, like the, from an insider's point of view, like the lifestyle of a broadcaster.
1: Uh, from a baseball standpoint? Yes. So it is, it's a grind. Um, the big leagues is obviously 162 games here at the, the AAA level and, and pretty much all the minor leagues now. I think it's a 140-game season. Um, it runs from early April till Labor Day. That's what our season runs from every year. And you're talking about 140 games in the span of about 150 days. So, um, you know, I I think there's a lot more to it than just doing the games every night. Um, And that is probably something that people don't know a lot about. So um, in the past, this year will be different. We've had some things change in in the office with the bats. But um, in the past, I was doing season ticket and group ticket sales in addition to doing the game so you know on a game day get here at nine or ten in the morning depending on what happened the day before and and would be up in the office doing all my sales stuff taking care of whatever i needed to take care of there now i'm handling the team travel and and um and that side of it which will be the same thing kind of get in in the morning and try to get all some all that stuff buttoned up whether it's paying bills we need to pay setting itineraries for our next trip whatever it may be um verifying bills whatever so taking care of that stuff and then lunch somewhere in there and then usually after lunch is when i come up here and really start trying to hone in on the game that night and and um putting in our scorebook the scorebook's kind of like the bible i got that sucker and it's it's, it's there. We have all of them going back to, like, 1989. Jim Kelch's old scorebooks in a cabinet back here that we still use for research sometimes. Um, but putting in the starting pitchers, and I like to write a bunch of notes about them next to them um, and some basic info about the teams. So start to do that. At some point, pop down to the clubhouse, see what's going on down there, say hi to the manager and the coaches. The manager will usually buy... You know early afternoon be able to pass along what roster moves are going to be made that day triple a is a very fluid level there's a lot of guys coming and going for a lot of different reasons so um manager will give us a heads up about what's what kind of roster moves we're going to have that day and uh so I'll, i'll relay that information to our our media relations staff as well and make sure we have our roster correct for that night when when the game's going to start but Um, the lineup down there too so we'll get that and then get the other team's lineup and and, uh, maybe hang around the clubhouse and say hi to a few guys depending on what's going on that day Um, we do a pregame interview we have a 30 minute pregame show so we always have an interview as part of that so try to maybe hook up with whoever I want to interview that day and see if they'll do it Mm -hmm. most guys are very agreeable and we've had a lot of really good guys come through so that's made it easy but you know uh, who, who knows talk to whoever down in the clubhouse trainer our clubhouse manager Derek who's awesome Steve Gober our trainer's awesome whoever it may be down there and uh, then come back up here start putting the lineups in write down a lot of the numbers I like to put in for different guys and then um, I always like to go down on the field during batting practice as often as possible I always hang out in the dugout it's just kind of my spot um, it's good to do that guys not that we ever say anything super controversial here but um, guys have it on in the clubhouse every night and uh, they can hear what we're saying mm-hmm. so you know if there's anything that they disagree with they you know you don't want to be hiding you want to be right there so they can come up to you and, and say say whatever they want to say or, or just chat or whatever so uh, I always like to do that usually the interview is right after batting practice that's usually the most convenient time for guys so grab the interview for that night do that um maybe stick around for a little bit of the opponent's bp down there and then then pop back up here go over um our game notes there's a there's game notes every team has game notes for each game so we'll go through and look at those and highlight some stuff that uh that may be relevant and and uh, we have a stat pack as well same deal going through that looking where we want it and and then uh you know there's there's research in between on the computer and things about different guys or different who knows what wormholes you go into and things find interesting and then and then the game starts half hour before we roll and then game ends post game show and and uh go home and then you do it all again the next day um and it's it can get to be it's it's definitely a ton of fun it can certainly get to be a grind when you're in late july early august and and um uh, and the end's kind of in sight, but there's still a month to go. And it, it's a, it's a day-in, day-out thing. And, you know, most of the travel at this level is by bus in some degree. And, and sometimes we have very, very nice buses, but um, still a lot of long nights and, um, you know, a lot of trying to catch up on sleep where you can. And it is it is a lot of fun, but it definitely uh, – I would say it's probably not for everybody. Um, and it's it's definitely a lifestyle – that can be taxing on on uh, families and i'm i'm very lucky i've been married for a little over a year now and my wife is great and and uh, amanda's really understanding of, of what this is all about but it's it's definitely um you know it's definitely a lot and you're gone a lot and even when you're home you're at the ballpark all day and it's it's uh It takes kind of a team effort for everyone to be bought in on it, but it's definitely a labor of love and and something that's uh, a lot of fun to do.
0: So like you said, uh, going off of being in the clubhouse, being on the field, well, first question, do they ever let you take any BP?
1: No, (laughs) no. no. Uh, Even if it was offered, I would never, ever do that. do not want to embarrass myself like (laughs) that. It would not be pretty. Uh, So who do
0: you think, I mean, a little off topic of the whole, like, um, trying to build a career, but who do you think is, like, the most, Um, or the the person you've met, a player, coach,
1: someone that you've looked up to the most? Um, We have had a lot of really good guys come through. It's tough to single anybody out. Um, Hernan or is um, somebody who was with us for five or six years, um, got up with the Reds in 2016. He won the International League batting title in 2016 and really inspirational uh, because – just um, has really devoted his life to, to God and his family and uh, I, I think learned a lot from maybe some mistakes he made as a younger guy and, and uh, has used his, his wisdom and, and just a really inspirational guy to be around, always positive. And he, uh, you know, that year was so cool, just such a great guy and, and had that success and then got called to the big leagues and had a lot of success up there, and it was so much fun to see that. Um, and just kind of became kind of a staple here and in the community, and, and now he's coaching in the Red System. But he's, uh, you know, being around him was, was a lot of fun. There's so many different guys. Christian Cologne this past year um, had a little hiatus from being in the big leagues, but but had an incredible year and looked like he wasn't going to get called up. wasn't on the Reds 40 man roster, and then a few days after the season, got the call. It was really cool to see that he, he had a game-winning hit for the Royals in the World Series the World Series winning hit back when they won the World Series so um, it was really neat to see that uh, you know I've learned a lot from a lot of the managers that have come through Delano DeShields taught me a lot about the game of baseball and and through his uh, his lens which has seen a lot over the years and and all those guys, uh, Jody Davis, who was our skipper last year, Dick Schofield, who was our manager the last couple of years, and and uh, Jeff Vecera has been the pitching coach. We've just learned so much about the game from, from those guys. And Pat Kelly, who will be back this year, was only around for 10 games a couple of years ago. But uh, a good baseball mind, without a doubt. And, and Bull, our hitting coach the last few years, you know, they're just – been a lot of a lot of guys that that know so much about baseball and just being able to kind of pick their brain and and just listen to them I think is been really cool
0: so let's so if a uh, someone is trying to build
1: like kind of kind of like
0: a portfolio an online like portfolio how big how important do you think Twitter is for um, like a journalism student major broadcasting trying to get into the field um like I, have to build your name.
1: Yeah, I think it can be important. Um, this day and age, social media is obviously really important. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's kind of pitfalls with it. I, I think sometimes as, as a society in general and, and in this profession mm-hmm. specifically, I think we fall into the, you know, trying to just find the witty tweet. Um, and, and get something that's going to get a lot of likes or retweets or whatever at the expense of so sometimes yeah. yeah, sometimes 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 it is at the expense of kind of crossing a line that, that maybe you shouldn't cross. And so I think you have to be really, really careful with it. Um, it can be really important, and I think if you use it the right way, there's a lot of cool things that you can do um, with it and, and, and making a name, you know, putting out highlights of yourself and things like that, I think, um, probably help, but it's important to remember that that stuff kind of lasts forever and doesn't go away. And if you say something, I mean, there's been a lot of instances of it in, in, in baseball and, and baseball specifically in other sports where, you know, someone tweets something that, uh, was not a very flattering thing to say, and uh, it may have been from six, seven, eight years ago. But someone digs it up, and and then it becomes an issue, and, and can cost people their jobs. So it's it's really important to to understand that, and to know that you know what you put out there will never go away. And um, if it's something that that you wouldn't say to somebody, or you wouldn't want brought back up in a future conversation, it's probably better to keep it to yourself. I'd say I'm kind of a minimalist when it comes to that. Um, I'd rather err on putting out not enough stuff instead of too much. Um, and, and just keeping the nose kind of clean with, with stuff that, that, that can get you in trouble. So that, I mean, it can be important and it's a really good tool, but it's important to not fall into, I guess, a trap of, of um of just trying to find the next thing that that people are going to find funny because sometimes that can lead you astray and and uh it's always important to think before you react and put something out there that someone could get upset with
0: so like you said earlier you are the uh, the louisville women's basketball team broadcaster is it just you or is there a, is you have a co-host
1: yeah uh adrian johnson aj she is Uh, Our our color commentary, our Mm. color analyst, she is awesome. She played in the WNBA. She's a Louisville native. She uh, went to Butler High School, went to Ohio State, played had a great career there, part of a Final Four team. And, and, um, yeah, she's so knowledgeable about the program, about the team. She's also uh, the executive director of player relations with the team, so she works with the players a lot and uh, helps with them trying to find – Maybe a life balance between academics and athletics, and then helping them find what they want to do after basketball, whether it's continuing bat, what after you about whether it's continuing basketball or, or maybe getting into a career. She helps a lot with that. She's been there uh, since a year before Jeff Walls got there. Jeff Walls, the head coach of the Cards, is now in his 13th season, so she knows everything about it, and uh, really, really fun to work with. She's awesome. So you did a game last night. And uh, I sent you an email at like
0: 7.30 not knowing you had a game. So I go to bed around midnight, I get an email at, what was it, 12.30? The you finally applied, and I was like, well, I wondered that. And I looked at your Twitter and saw you did a basketball game, and I thought, oh, crap. But, uh, so I, I looked them up, and, uh, well, they're fifth in the nation, currently 19-1. Mm-hmm. And, one, and uh, I looked at some games coming up. Uh, you have uh, Florida State at home, which, well, Florida State's ranked 14th. Mm-hmm. And then an NC State road game, which they are ranked 8th. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... Could they finish with one loss for the rest of the year? I mean, they got – I mean, those two games are the two that stand out other than that Um, Uh, they're
1: conference games, but – The ACC is a tough league. Um, It's a different year. It's more wide open in, I think, college basketball in general than than you see in typical years, both on the men's side and the women's side. Um, Jeff Walls has been adamant his team will not get through ACC play undefeated, so I would bet on another loss or two sneaking in there somewhere. Um, but heck of an accomplishment if they can beat. As we're recording this, they play Pittsburgh um, on Sunday, this coming Sunday, and if they can win that one, they would be nine and zero in the ACC, which would be the halfway mark of ACC play. There's 18 conference games, so um, it's kind of a backloaded schedule. You mentioned some of the big ones: Florida State, NC State, Notre Dame's mm. down this year, but always tough. Uh, have to play them twice still Georgia Tech's having a really good year they have to go on the road and play them Virginia Tech's coming here to Louisville that will be a tough game there's still a lot left out there um it'll be interesting to see this has been a fun team a lot of talent and I think um different because there wasn't a clear-cut maybe superstar um like the cards have had the last few years with Asia Durr and um but they have found a way to put it together, and they have found a way to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling. It's been a it's been a fun, a fun mix so far. And and uh, Dana Evans has kind of stepped forward as certainly a a superstar. And, and Jasmine Jones, in her senior year, has been really really good. Um, we'll see where it goes. It's a team that I mean, obviously beat number one Oregon, needed double overtime at UT Martin to win. It's a uh, it's been an interesting year. You kind of get the feeling that that they can beat anybody on any given night, but but can be challenged by a, a lot of teams on any given night. So you don't know what you're going to get, and it's made for a lot of exciting games. And uh, so that's that's fun for us. Maybe not as fun for the uh, for the coaching staff. So for uh, obviously broadcasting baseball and basketball, do you have a favorite? Um. So I have. I'm a I'm a child of this area, right? I'm from Louisville, so um, college basketball is just kind of in my blood. So it's always been my favorite sport. Um, in terms of doing games, I think they I, I like them both equally because they they present completely different challenges. Um, basketball is very fast paced. It's mainly just trying to keep up with the action going on on the floor and working in other stuff as you can. Um, but but really. In basketball, the action nearly 100% dictates what you're talking about because there's just not a lot of time in between. There's a lot of ads to read. Um, you have your analyst who's going to talk and so uh, and make points and, and make good points. And so um, you know it's mainly about just keeping up with the action. Baseball is different. It's much more. I mean, it's slower. The pace is much slower. There's much more time to go off into random tangents. You always want to keep an eye. Eye on the action and keep people updated on what's going on, and let people know if the pitch was a ball or a strike, and all that. But there is time to expand upon random stuff that you can get into, whether it's a guy's hometown or um, the school a guy went to, or or this guy used to be a teammate of this guy, or or who knows what else. Even just stuff going on in the area, like um, you know, if there's a Jim Couch is a huge tennis fan, so if like we're doing games during Wimbledon, be talking about what's going on at Wimbledon. It's just you can get into so much different stuff, and there's just so many avenues you can go down because of how leisurely the game is compared to basketball. And so just having stuff to fill that time is a much different challenge than basketball, where you know the game is going to kind of fill the time for you. Well, in basketball, it's it's a, it's always tough when you get a new person to do a show with, uh,
0: you know, trying to find that balance of when I talk, when you talk, especially if it's a play-by-play and a color analysis. Um, so how long have you guys been uh, calling those games together? Is say seven years?
1: AJ and I? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my fourth year with UofL, so it's our, it's our fourth year together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think, you know, the chemistry and all that's come a long mm-hmm. way since – Since the first year, Um, and and so I I think we both have a better understanding of each other and and when, you know, we're going to want to jump in and and jump out and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it definitely comes with with working with somebody. So, uh, you
0: know, earlier I asked you uh, what was your dream job in high school, and uh, so now we ask again if you could pick any job now, what do you think would be your dream job?
1: That is a tough question. Um, with money out of the picture. Yeah, with money out of the picture. Um, my my dream job hasn't really changed that much over the course of my life. I mentioned Paul Rogers and how much I kind of looked up to him and idolized him as a broadcaster growing up. Um, his job's always kind of been my dream job, and uh, but I'm, I'm pretty – pretty happy with where i've been able to get so far and uh i know paul will have a lot of time left to do this he's still the best and i love listening to him and um have had a chance to to talk to him and even work with him on a game and it was really kind of a dream come true um so that's always been it that can change i guess to be um you know working with a with a college or university as a broadcaster has been a dream job but getting to do that Mm -hmm. now and and have gotten to do that for uh for 11 years when when you include the time with bellarmine so pretty much doing what i've what i've always wanted to do right Mm -hmm. now which is really cool
0: so uh as we're closing off here uh if you have anything else you would like to say for someone listening who is wanting to Basically, become you come in your position possibly, Well, not your specific job and not hunting. For your well, job.
1: it wouldn't be as hard to get as you think, yeah. Uh,
0: but in this field of broadcasting journalism or or even news, uh, what would be one more thing you could say to them?
1: I think it's it's what I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, I I think there's always going to be somebody who's maybe more naturally talented or who can morph fluently say things without um, having to to prepare and you know there's always someone that seemingly just is naturally better at it or is just better at it but um, be always be the hardest working person in the room always be willing to work harder than anybody else and that's how you separate yourself always Um, then you don't have to worry about um, a talent gap um, if you're willing to work harder than anybody, you're probably going to be in good shape. Not always true, but I really think that, um, you know, that's, that's a big reason why I've been able to get where I am. A lot of long hours, a lot of staying up late to work on stuff when, you know, friends in college were out mm-hmm. doing who knows what. Um, you know, that stuff pays off, I, I think, in the long run, and uh, it takes... Getting lucky, there's no doubt I've been very, very lucky uh, as we've covered a lot in this. But I really think that that if you are willing to be the hardest working person in any room, um, it's going to help you a lot. All right. Well, uh, thanks again. This has been the Let's Talk with Brandon Terrell
0: podcast. Thank you.